Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go to Colossians chapter 1. Go back to the scriptures we read last week. You're not tired of those scriptures, are you? <laughs> what about a third of you? The rest of you, maybe you'll get there. Colossians, the first chapter, we read this um, last week. And uh, good stuff here in these scriptures. They apply to our everyday life. And that's why they're important. You know, that's true, right? The Word of God applies to your everyday life, not just your Sunday life, but your Monday through Saturday life. <laughs> He's got something to say about every part, amen? It's very true, very true. We, so we're reading here in 1 Corinthians, the, or Colossians chapter 1, not 1 Corinthians, but Colossians chapter 1, the ninth verse. It says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. It's interesting, you know, you read... Uh, that scripture that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Is it possible to, to not fully please him? To be partially pleasing to the Lord? It's possibly partially pleasing to the Lord. And so, you know, but we've got a standard. We've, we, have an we have the opportunity and, and the potential to live fully pleasing to the Lord. Not just partially pleasing, but fully pleasing to the Lord. You know, that, that's available to everybody it's available to every person, no matter where you've come from or even how much you know. You can walk fully pleasing to the Lord. Where he, when he looks at you, there's not even a little bit of disappointment in there. Because so the Lord, he's just all love. There, he couldn't have any disappointment. How many know the Lord, that, that our Heavenly Father has a lot of emotions? How many know we have a lot of emotions, right? Y'all do know that, right? I know y'all. I know you do. So, yeah, we're emotional beings. Well, we were created in his image and his likeness. And he has emotions about things. He can be satisfied. He can be displeased. He can be, he can be angry. Ask the children of Israel. Can you ask, ask the whole generation that didn't make it into the promised land? He was not too pleased with them, right? They just refused to believe. Well, you know, there's a lot of emotions uh, that the Lord has. Yes, that, that the Father has, and he is a God of love. He, God is love, but there's a lot of other, other aspects. We can't just put him in a box, and just think we've got him all figured out. There's a lot to him. But it says here that we would walk fully pleasing of the Lord. So it's possible to do it. And it should be our aim and our goal to, to walk fully pleasing of the Lord. And really, to walk fully pleasing, we have to be doing that in every area of our life. Not just one or two areas, but every area of our life. Amen. Just close your eyes real fast. Just, just talk to the Lord. Say, Lord, Father, every part of my life is on the altar. I lay every part of my life at your feet, your will be done in every area of my life. My aim, my goal, my purpose is to please you fully in every area. Help me see areas where I can improve, areas where I can step up, areas where I can begin to please and move into fully pleasing you. I thank you, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is my guide, even leading me into this, even tonight. And I thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Amen. Woo, praise God. That's powerful. 
Even that alone right there is worth coming tonight. Just making, making sure we're always taking every step, every part of our life, putting it at the feet of Jesus, right? Offering it all at the feet of Jesus. You want to know how to stay stable? Keep it all at his feet. Every area of your life. Not just your church life, but every area of your life, right? Every area at the feet of Jesus. So to, he's faithful. He's faithful to, to guide us, to lead us, to direct us, to prompt us. And, and yeah, he's full of mercy and grace in areas where we just don't see stuff. He's merciful to come alongside and help, help spoon feed us in areas where we can't handle real food yet. We can't, areas we can't handle the solid truth. He's even faithful to start spoon feeding us a little here and a little there just to get us to whet our appetite in this area. Oh, there's something here that's better, right? He's just good. And so when we lay this at our feet and we do this with, a, with an honest, open heart, Lord, every area is yours. When you really do that, you know, a lot of people make those, make, pray those prayers and say that kind of stuff, but it's just something they say. We know it's something we should say, but how many know that our heart's got to be involved in it? We've got to mean it from the very core of who we are. We've got to mean it, Lord. And when we do that, he is quick to respond quick to respond. Couldn't you sense as we just begin to pray, just begin to just, just those simple words, Lord, just, there just became just a grace, begin to rest, just a, a, a warmness, right? Just a, 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 just a warmth of his presence in our life when we begin to do that. Amen. Keep it always at the feet of Jesus. Keep it always at the feet of our heavenly father. Amen. So we can walk pleasing, not just pleasing, but fully pleasing to him. And so we were talking last week, you know, uh, about this on a Sunday night. And like I said, this is one of the scriptures that I, I go back to. This is one of the topics that the Apostle Paul went back to himself, that he, it was a constant uh, 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 topic that he prayed about and, and, and went before the Lord and, and, and uh, offered up prayers to the, those that were coming underneath him and that he was training up and discipling. And so something that was very valuable to him and it's something that is valuable to me. I, I, I want this to be, I want to make sure I keep my heart in my attitude right in these areas. Some of you know that's a daily thing, right? Because a lot of stuff is after our attention, after our affection. And so, uh, like I said, this is something that, that continually comes before me. And, and like I said before, you know, living with a, a mindset of, and an awareness that this life isn't over. We've got something that we're preparing for every, you know, we, we talk about stepping into eternity. How many know when you walked in the building night, you took another step into eternity? Amen. When we worship tonight, you, you worship another time, just like we're going to worship in heaven in eternity. We were worshiping in eternity tonight. It may look a little different right now, but it's still eternity, right? <laughs> we're, we're still in part of forever, right? And so, you know, uh, keeping this in front of us as a guide for our life is such an important thing and, and making sure that's not just seasons of our life, but every day we want to walk fully pleasing to the Lord. It goes on to say, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power. How many know that we don't have to be strengthened with our own power, but it's according to his power? According to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. Now, sometimes we don't want to read those words, but how many know patience and long-suffering is something we have to incorporate? Amen. With joy. Keep your joy up, right? Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he has conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Aren't you grateful? I read this out of the Amplified last week. It says, for this reason we also, since the day we heard it, have not ceased to pray and make special requests for you. 
asking that you may be filled with the full, deep, and clear knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and comprehensive insight into the ways and purposes of God and an understanding uh, and discernment of spiritual things that you may walk, live, and conduct your lives in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him and desiring to please him in all things, bearing fruit in every good work and steadily growing and increasing and by the knowledge of God with fuller, deeper and clearer insight, acquaintance and recognition. We pray that you may be invigorated and strengthened with all power according to the might of his glory to exercise the kind of endurance and patience, perseverance and forbearance with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit to share the portion which is, in the, which is the inheritance of the saints and God's holy people in the light. What, what awesome verses. There's so much here. And so really, you know, just talking about some of these things that, that the Apostle Paul lists and a couple other things we'll look at, but this should be our aim in life. Amen. Walking worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. So last week we, we started talking a little bit. We won't talk about all of it, but about being fruitful. And Pastor, even this morning, talked about, uh, was talking about um, uh, being involved, right, and in what we're called to do and, and bringing our portion, what uh, the grace that's upon our life and the, the gift and calling that is on your life. Not if there is one on your life, but the fact that there is grace, there is giftings, there are uh, special assignments that have been given to you. It's not an if, it is a definite. It has been, it has taken place. And so uh, about being fruitful in these things. And last week we talked about the service side of, of being fruitful in life and, and making sure that we are producing for the kingdom of God. How many you know that, that the Bible talks about if something doesn't bear fruit, you, you, you prune it, you, you cut it off, you trim it. We need to take these things seriously, and, and, and let's not uh, 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 let laziness, really that's what it is, laziness or indifference or just concerns for other things, right, uh, get involved to where we're okay with, you know, the minute we start producing less, we ought, to, we, ought to start, we ought to wake up and say, okay, what's wrong here? How come I'm not, maybe I'm still producing, but I'm not producing what I was, Right, and we, we should we should analyze those things and, and look at those things. Lord, am I am, am I tapping into something that's not not providing the right nutrients for me to provide? You know, sometimes we can let our roots tap into some other stuff, uh, people's opinions, and even our own opinion of things, and really get outside of what His opinion is, uh, where our uh, potential is to produce for Him. So, anytime we start uh, dropping off in production, we ought to we ought to take a step back and say, all right. What's going on here? Now, sometimes we just go, we go through testing, times of testing, you know. Uh, but how many know sometimes we, we bring times of lack of production on ourselves just by not staying hungry and not continuing to pursue and to go after what he has for us? And so uh, we never want to play this game where we're okay with producing less or, or, or you know, that when you start accepting less, it's just another step closer to accepting nothing. The minute you think it's okay that he's okay, that he's okay He's fully pleased with you producing less is the minute you're, you're a step closer to believing that he's still pleased with, fully pleased with you producing nothing. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, it's kind of like when you're exercising. You know you have a certain goal, certain thing, certain routine that you must do to, to get to where you need to be. Well, then I know how it is. You, 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 you have a day. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Where you just don't feel like it. And so, and so today I'm just not going to, I'm not going to exert the effort that I should, or I'm going to, I'm going to run just a little half-hearted, or I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to, I'm going to step it back a few pounds. Just, I'm still going to do it, but it's going to be just a, a little easier day. Doesn't that sound nice? Oh, it sounds wonderful. And it feels wonderful too. I've done it many times where I know what I should do and I should be increasing, but I'm just a little tired. I'm still going to do it, but 
It's just I'm just not going to quite push it as much. And it's all right. You ever told yourself that? It's, it's okay. It's okay. Well, the next day, well, I did less yesterday, and, and, you know, the world didn't come to an end, and I still feel pretty good, so I'm going to do a little less. And, and the next thing you know, your, your workout involves, you know, eating a bag of chips, you know, on the couch. It's, it's all bicep. That's all it is, you know. There's bicep and jaw muscle. There's nothing else you're exercising. That's all it is. And, and, and how, how do you get there? Well, it's just a little compromise here or there, a little compromise there. <laughs> how many know we shouldn't have any compromise in our life? Woo, we shouldn't have any compromise in our life. Do you have any compromise in your life? No matter how, you know, <laughs> we try to justify stuff. When I say we, because I've been there too, we try to justify things. Well, it's okay because of this, because of that. Compromise is never okay. When it comes to the things of God, when it comes to the kingdom of God, compromise is never, 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 never okay. You know what compromise is? Compromise is denying the reality of who he is. It's saying that something else might actually be true as well, or something else has value outside of what he says. Think about that. That's really what compromise is in our walk with God. It's saying that something else has value. Something else has a, is maybe possibly carrying a little more weight than what he's told me to do or what I know to be true. How many know that's dangerous ground to be walking on? So I don't know why I got into all that, but we ought to, we ought to be avoiding that at all costs. Make it our goal to, aim, to, to avoid compromise, right? And so uh, we talked about being fruitful. And are you being fruitful? Last week said being fruity. You know, we want to be fruity for the kingdom of God. Not, not weird, but, but uh, producing for the kingdom of God. I'm so thankful for these things. And, and, you know, the pastor ministering this morning along these lines, they're good reminders to us to, that we can do more. We can continue to produce. We can continue to, to take new ground, right, for the kingdom of God. Continue to, to blaze a trail. Continue to pull those along uh, that are coming up behind us and that we're, we're training. And so uh, it's an important thing. So service, that's a big part of it. And then we talked last week about uh, our personal side and, and uh, uh, you know, producing fruit. We looked over in Galatians. You can turn there, Galatians chapter, uh, chapter 5. Galatians, the, the fifth chapter. We looked at this last night. We talked about all the, the fruit of the flesh. Really, it's what it is, the fruit of the flesh. And uh, we got to be looking. Those are things we should be pruning, right? When we see those things in our life. And that's, that's going to be a, a, a lifelong battle while we're here to make sure that we are keeping those things at bay, right? And trimming out areas in our life that just don't measure up. And so we looked at all those things, the fruit of, uh, uh, of a life lived by the flesh and according to the lust of this life. And, and then in verse uh, 22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. Ooh, aren't you glad there is no law against such? Hey, there can be no accusation brought against those things of wrongdoing, right? Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Obviously, we need to make sure we are uh, uh, encouraging one another to move forward in these things, right? So we talked a little last week about uh, uh, bearing personal fruit in our own personal walk, you know, the fruit of the spirit, uh, having a work in our life and, and giving place for that and being diligent to pursue those things. Uh, one minister said this. He said, there is forgiveness, but there are no excuses, 
There is forgiveness, but there are no excuses. And so, like I said, you know, I, I like to look at things and you may get tired of hearing it, but it's the truth. Paul did it all the time. Uh, you know, living with a mindset of tomorrow, what's coming. And, and, and uh, yes, there is forgiveness, but there are no excuses. And so we want to make sure that we are uh, maintaining a fruitful life in all stages of life. And how many know that sometimes that, that's a matter of doing what he's told you to do and sticking with it? Sometimes being open to what else has he got to say? I mean, how many know that that we change and God will move us into things. And so be open to what he has you to do. Be open to, 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 to the leadings and promptings of the Spirit. Amen? And so going back to uh, Colossians, you can turn back to Colossians, uh, where we were in the first chapter. Uh, walking worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Talk about being fruitful in every good work. Then the next thing it said was increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. And, and um, you know, one of the dangers of uh, uh, when in a church like ours where we've been taught really well is we can begin to think that we've learned everything and seen everything 100% and as clearly as it could be seen. How many know that none of us have arrived? None of us have arrived. None of us have reached it, made the mark, have gotten to a place where we know everything. The minute we think we do, what are we doing? We're really uh, setting ourselves up to, to be in a position. We're really closing ourselves off to more light from, he from heaven. You know, eternity is going to be a time where he's going to be constantly revealing. In the ages to come, he'll be ex showing his goodness to us and just ex facets of who he is. He's pretty amazing. Well, how many know there's more to learn here? And there's more to be learned uh, out of God's word. There's more to be learned in our times of fellowship with him. And so we want to make sure that, that, uh, uh, that we're staying open to it. Go to 1 Corinthians, uh, the, the second chapter. There's more revelation. There's more understanding to be had. It says here in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, I'll wait until you're there. Apostle Paul here was quoting Isaiah in verse 9. He says, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who loved him. But, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. And there are more deep things, more uh, fa uh, facets and and. Uh, areas of who God is and things that he has for us that we can discover and we can get into and that we can find out. And really that's the, the part of the role of the Holy Spirit here is to lead us and guide us into these things. But how many know he can't guide somebody who's stationary? He can't guide us when we're satisfied with where he can't guide us into more when we're happy with what we have, right? There's a part of being content with what we have, but there's also a part of being satisfied. How many know we should be content with where we are you know, sometimes we can be, we can just be so uh, uh, antsy that we, we, we're, because we know there's more, we can't enjoy where we are, right? But how many know that we should never be satisfied with where we are? We should always know that there's more to be had, and so going after those things, and God has a whole lot more for us. You know, part of our vision is, of our church is to make us a minister and witness of the things that we have seen and the things that he'll yet reveal. There are still things that God wants to reveal to you. There are still things that God wants to reveal to me. There's still things he wants to, you know, there's some stuff he could talk to you about tonight. The, good, the cool thing about the Holy Ghost, this revealer of truth, is he's not even limited to, 
to, to us. He's not even limited to our, our church services. He's not limited to those that are in our life to help us. If our hearts are open, I mean, the Holy Spirit, have you ever been in service before where something's being ministered on and the Lord just begin to talk, something just jumps out at you and the Lord for the rest of the time just is talking to you about something completely different and you're like, oh, I never saw that. Something exactly what you needed has ever happened to anybody before? Yeah, he's just, he's just super cool like that. When, when we think, well, this is all I can get in this season or this situation, no, he can do more. But you've got to be open to it. We have to know there is more and then be believing for more, right? Be believing for more, right? We can't pat ourselves for what we do know. Yes, be thankful for what we know. We're thanking him, but let's be pushing for more and believing for further insight, further un, un, uh, understanding, further uh, insight, right? So go over Romans chapter 12. These are scriptures that we know, but, but these, are, these are good things. Romans the 12th chapter. Praise God. We should be pursuing more of him, pursuing more of him in every area, knowing him greater. In Romans the 12th chapter. I love these scriptures too. It says in verse one, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, right? I think the Amplified says your rational worship. I like that. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So we have under, there, there is uh, knowledge and it comes, it transforms our life, but it actually prepares us to walk out the good, the, per, the, the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. We need understanding in these areas. It's, and I'll just, as a side note, something that has always stood out to me, and, and have you realized that it says here, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God? Do you think the order of these things are on purpose? Some, I see some heads saying no, other people saying yes. Do you think the Apostle Paul just got things confused a little bit? When you, I used to always read this as the acceptable, that's just, it's acceptable. And then you've got the good, and then you've got the perfect. Have you ever read it like that, where you've, you've read it, well, it's, this is, you kind of have this understanding of the will of God. You've got, this is acceptable. We don't even talk about the unacceptable stuff, but this is acceptable. Then you've got the good stuff, and then you've got the perfect. That's not the way he listed it. He said the good, then the acceptable. Have you know good may not be acceptable? Have you know that good may not be acceptable? <laughs> Somebody was saying, you know, when it comes to, you know, going, you know, do, why do I need to get born again? I'm a, I'm a good person. Well, you may be a good person. Nobody's questioning that you're a good person, but it still might not be acceptable, right? It may not be acceptable to him. Good is good, but it may not be acceptable. Somebody may do a good job on your car. In their opinion, it might be good. So you take your, your car and you get it worked on. I did a good job. How many know it may not be acceptable to you, right? I remember as a teenager, you know, I had a, I had a little uh, 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 detailing business, you know, on the side. I, I, was, I was a busy young man. I was always working and, and I did, I cleaned gourds, these crazy crafts from hell, you know, that you, you had to scrub these things. Holly Nord had these things. I hated them because I got up there every more Saturday morning and I'd scrub them with pine salt water and my hands would reek all day. And, and then I would do uh, clean people's cars and mow people's yards. I mean, I was, I was, I was, I was always working it, you know, kind of maneuvering around, you know, earning money and, and doing this or that and, and uh, had this car cleaning business. I'll never forget, I cleaned the Browns car one time. You remember when I cleaned your car? 
go, yeah, I remember it really well, right? And uh, I had got their car to clean, and this would just be, a, I quoted them some price. I'll do it for so much, you know, and they said, oh, sure, we'll do it. Well, you know, Tim and Drew were young, huh? It, oh, it was dirty. <laughs> Doug said, that's why he let me do it. He didn't want to touch it. So you got these two kids, you know, Tim and, and Drew. It took me years to forgive him for this, but, I mean, they were just so dirty in the car, and, and uh uh, you know, I had been raised with some standards on how you do something and, 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 you know, how you clean. I mean, you know, the, the eyebrow pastor here, I mean, like I, I, I mean, I had a standard of cleaning things. And so I, I, I quoted this price and I'm thinking, this is the standard. This is what I'm going to do. Well, I got this car and realized, oh Lord, I mean, I may be here till the rapture happens getting this car to this standard. I mean, you know, these kids are dirty kids. And so I cleaned and cleaned and cleaned and cleaned and, and, uh, man, I did a good job and it, it might've been acceptable to him, but it wasn't acceptable to me. I remember, I, yeah, you bet you still, you, you don't have enough money in your pocket, brother. So, uh, I remember I worked on that thing and, and, uh, I worked on that thing and I, and I even told myself, I'm sure they'd be happy with where this is. I'm sure they'd be happy with it, but I had another standard, right? My mom's like, that's right. You did. Yeah. And it was, I mean, I think I even shed a tear or two during that. I was <laughs> so upset. But anyway, I, they might've said it was good, but it wasn't acceptable. And so I want to make sure that I did it to the standard that would be, that I would feel right about handing this thing back. And so, uh, you know, we can do things for people and people can do things for us. They might think it's good enough, but it may not be acceptable. How I many you know the Lord's the same way? He not, he just doesn't take whatever we do. He's not just okay with whatever little bit we give him. Amen. He's just not okay with whatever part we deem. Okay, I'll, I'll throw you a bone on this side. I'll, I'll do a little something for you over here. I'll, I'll give you a little, I'll cast a little shade on this side for you. No, he's not okay with that. Right? We, we, there's a standard that he has. And so we should, we should know that good is not always good enough. And so, uh, uh, but how many know that the knowledge into the will of God, the, reform, the renewing of our mind is what's the thing that's going to enable us to know what's good and what's actually acceptable? right? And that means growing in the knowledge of God. That means actually taking the things that we hear and we learn and growing in these areas and, and not being satisfied with what we heard. Cause what you heard may, may only get you to good in an area of your life. It may only get you to where you feel like it's good, but it may be completely un unacceptable to him. Think about that. I think sometimes, you know, we, we mistake who he is. He's loving and kind. Yes, he is loving and kind, but he still has standards. He still has expectations. He still has things that, that, uh, 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 that are good and things that he'll accept. And so really, once you get into the acceptable range, then you got to decide you want to move on to the perfect. And I mean, no, there's a difference between acceptable and perfect. There's a difference. And we can be living in a good, acceptable, and perfect will of God in one area of our life and live in a different range of good, acceptable, and perfect in another area of our life. And then yet in a third area, be living in a totally separate range of what's good, acceptable, and perfect. Well, how I many know, you know, growing in these things and the knowledge of God and renewing our mind is so important if we're going to move into the acceptable or perfect in every area. It requires some effort in our part. There should be a desire to grow in the knowledge of God. How I many know you can't do that just on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night? You just can't do it on three meals a week. You can't live naturally on three meals a week. What makes us think we can live spiritually on three meals a week? We can't. How I many you know that knowledge in a, in a contrary voice is always bombarding us? 
There is a contrary word. There's a contrary, uh, there is an opposing standard. There's another value system. There's another good. There's another acceptable. There's even another perfect that's always after us, right? How I many of you got to, you have to be as diligent and as anything else to make sure that we're holding true and growing in our understanding of what now of, of what's good and what's uh, this knowledge of God, the good, the accept, the perfect. We got to continue to be pursuing in this because there's always another standard being brought before us, continually renewing our mind, continually renewing our mind, continually renewing our mind. It is an ongoing process. It'll never stop. The, the entire time we're here, we must continue to go after these things. And so it's an important thing. Well, how do I, how do I grow in the knowledge of God? We got to accept God's word. You know, that's a whole, that's actually a, a more profound statement than most people realize. You have to accept God's word as God's word. You know, there's a lot of people that love Jesus, but still don't accept his word as the final authority. How do you know that? Because I hear the conversations they have. I hear the things they say to me. I've even caught myself saying things, realize, oh, that guy, that's contrary. That's opinion. An opinion doesn't measure up to this. This is the standard, right? We have to accept God's word is final. What he says about any area of our life, what we do in our families, our finances, our bodies, well, no matter what the area is, his word is, is, is the authority. His word is the one that carries the eternal weight. His word is the one that matters. Everything else is an opinion. If it doesn't line up, it has to change. If we want to, if we want to continue to grow and continue to walk in, the, in a place where we're fully pleasing him. Now, people say, well, how can I know everything all at once? You can't know everything at once. But are you walking in what you know so far? Are you walking in the light that you have? If you're not walking in the light you have, you're not going to get any more light. Amen. I know we know this, but why don't we do it? I know we know this, but why don't we do it? Right? Anybody guilty of not walking in the light that you've had? Or is it just me? Yeah, yeah. Why, why do we do this? Well, we've, we've got to, we have to make it our aim and our goal to not do it. And by the grace of God, we can walk in the knowledge that we have. You know, the Holy Spirit is so cool. If you'll put a demand on, on him and be looking to him, he will remind you of stuff at the perfect moment, exactly what you need to hear and exactly what you need to see and understand at the right moment, even when pressure's on to know exactly what to do. The Holy Spirit is our guide and he will do it if we're looking to him, if we respect and honor what he's got to say, right? If we'll do that, he will surely speak up. He will surely uh, 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 direct and guide us in every area, amen? amen? Go over to James, the first chapter, James chapter one. James chapter one. Like I said, you know, uh, uh, how do you grow? How do you increase in the knowledge of God? Well, we have to walk in the light that we have. And like I said, I know these are scriptures that we know, but boy, they're so important. Victory is, is, is not just in what we've heard, but what we're living and what we're doing. And it says here in, in uh, James chapter one, you've got verse 21, therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness, a humble heart, right? Being open to God's word. That's what, that's what has the potential to save your souls. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. This is something that, that no matter how long you've been born again, you have to stay aware, aware of. 
You have to stay aware of. You know, it's so easy to cut corners in the things we know. It's so easy to cut corners in the things we know. Just cut a corner here, cut a corner there, you know, because we know so much, we can, we can so easily get caught back up. I mean, you know, we, we, we put ourselves in a position, the risk of being deceived. And the worst kind of deception is the deception we bring on ourselves, right? That's the worst kind of deception, the deception that we bring into our life. And so making sure that we are doers and continually putting these things into practice and, and, and uh, 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 being... Um, uh, Diligent to, to go after and to put these things into practice in our life. Amen. And so, like I said, you know, growing in the knowledge of God is such an important thing. And so we want to make sure that we approach our study of God's word with the right heart and make sure that we are uh, open to what he's got to say. You know, it's easy on a Sunday night to come in after a long day. I've been in church this morning to come in even on a Sunday night and think, well, you know, we're just going to get, we're just going to go through and, and just uh, uh, kind of cruise through the night. We can miss out on, on something we need for our life. Yeah, we can miss out on something we need for our life. Amen. How many times have we been in a position where we cried out, God, I need some help? And the reality is our help came in a time when we just weren't paying attention. Right? He was faithful to give us help, but we just weren't paying attention. Looking at other things. Well, let's not be in that position. You know, this, uh, uh, go over to uh, Ephesians, the first chapter, Ephesians chapter 1. So we all know we should be growing in the knowledge of God. And you know, obviously, just on the surface, we realize whether, whether we understand the full importance of it, you know, we can recognize that it is important. And, and really, the, the, the degree to which we uh, recognize the, the true value of it is really how we gonna, we're going to pursue these things. But uh, this is the Apostle Paul's writing here to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 1. This is a very similar prayer. Uh, that he prayed for them and, and was writing to them here and letting them know about his prayers for them. It says in the 15th verse, it says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. He goes on to say, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saint, and what is saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. He's wanting us to know these things. He's wanting us to have understanding, knowledge of these things. He goes on to say, this, this mighty power which, ra- which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and he gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And so we, re- we read these things. We can see here that he once again, he's praying that they would be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. There would be uh, understanding light would come into our life, right? And it's so important. So we know we have to have that. We know we must have this knowledge because all of the things that are available to us, all the things that he has for us, we have to grow in this area. But this, this, I'm going to read this verse 17 out of a couple other, well, not a couple, several other translations. We read here in the New King James says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the father of glory may give to you this to each of us. Paul praying that God would give this to each of them, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Verse 17. I'm going to read this to you out of the contemporary English. It says, I ask the glorious Father and God of our Lord Jesus Christ to give you his spirit, 
the spirit will make you the spirit will make you wise and let you understand what it means to know God. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full no, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the spirit will make you wise and let you understand what it means to know God. The Darby translation says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the full knowledge of him. How do you know not all knowledge is full knowledge? Some knowledge is partial, but it's not full, right? Well, there is a full knowledge to be had. The Young's Literal says, says that God, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the recognition of him. That the spirit of, uh, that he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the recognition of, can you see there's a little more to this than just knowledge? A lot of times we look at this, we think that's facts and figures, Right? Like you're learning a course, some kind of computer course. There's facts and things you have to learn. How many know that, that God cannot, be, cannot just be uh, uh, compressed down to such basic knowledge? It doesn't work that way. So it's in Young's, that uh, uh, revelation and recognition of him. The good news, I love the good news. It says, ask, and he said, and ask the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, to give you the spirit who will make you wise and reveal God to you so that you will know him that you will know him. Weymouth says, for I always beseech the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, most glorious to give you a spirit of wisdom and, and penetration through an intimate knowledge of him. Spirit of wisdom and penetration through an intimate knowledge of him. The, the message Bible says, but I do more than, than that than thank. I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally. In knowing him personally. The Amplified says, for I always pray to God, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of, of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into the mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. The Passion says, I pray the, fa the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I'm going to read that again. Spirit of, uh, of uh, wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. How many know knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ growing in this is not just about facts and figures being able to quote scriptures. There is somebody, there's an individual who can quote more scripture than anybody in this room, but they don't really know him. That's the devil can outquote us on any, any topic. He can outquote us, Right. This one, you never want to get into a Bible quoting contest with the enemy. He knows every scripture backwards and forwards, right? And he knows how to twist them very well. Knowing scripture doesn't mean you know him. How many agree that he really doesn't understand who God is? If he did, he wouldn't have done what he did, right? The fact is the devil deceived himself by getting outside of, what, of who he knew God to be. He actually deceived himself. That's how not being a doer of what we know, how, how bad it is. That's what caused the enemy to stumble the way he did. He got outside of who he knew God to be and deceived himself. Well, that's important. We don't do that. But he obviously knows a lot about him, but he doesn't understand who he really is at this moment. Well, we can have facts and figures, but not really know him. You know, I was thinking about this. Uh, I remember years ago, Amy and I have been married for 
22 years, right? 22 years. And so uh, the greatest day of Amy's life, April 6, 1996. So um, uh, <laughs> just kidding, my life. Anyway, uh, been married for 22 years and, and going on 23 this year. I know Pastor Angela was talking a few weeks ago on a Wednesday night about, you know, training your children and, and helping them pick the right mate, you know, and she told the whole story about, you know, Amy moved down and I came in, oh, I'm in love. It didn't quite go down exactly like that. Pretty close. But anyway, uh, but, you know, I got to thinking about this and, and, you know, before all this happened, before Amy moved down uh, a while before, and actually it's a little bit creepy, but uh, I guess in thinking back now, uh, her sister, they had gone to Hawaii, they'd taken a family vacation to Hawaii, and what? I can't believe you almost tell, I won't tell this, y'all want me to tell this story? All right. Huh? I'm telling on myself, I'm telling on your creepy sister too, so, uh, so. You know, now Amy and I, I had met Amy, right, at Cindy Knight's wedding, and I was, how old was I? I mean, I was, I was, I was younger than Nate, 1986, so I was in the sixth grade, 1986, sixth or seventh grade. I was a very handsome young man, and um, now Amy's, you know, she was, you're, Amy was what, 13? Huh? Your eighth grade, something like that? Yeah, so she's two years ahead of me. So she was uh, uh, 13, and so I mean, she had this great big old huge, you know, uh, uh, Michael Jackson-esque uh, big old hairdo. I mean, it, it looked like you stuck her finger in a wall socket, just huge, you know. And, and this back in her brown hair days, not her, her, her redhead days. So just, 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 uh, just ginormous ball of brown hair. And, and uh, so she's in the wedding, and, and I was just this little boy. There's a video of me running around, hey, guys, let's play at the wedding. It's quite embarrassing. But... Um, so that's the first time I ever met her. So, you know, I'm in the sixth grade. She's in the, she's in the eighth grade. We don't, you know, and I really wasn't paying any attention to that crazy hair thing up there. And, and nor was she paying any attention to me. But, you know, as I get a little older, my interest starts changing in things, right? And so uh, they would go on vacations. And I had, you know, I knew I can send you really well, go to the house. Well, they had gone to, on a trip to Hawaii. And, and she had videotape, you know, on the VHS tape, put it in the player. I want to show you the trip to Hawaii. I want to show you my sister. Like, so it's a little creepy thinking back now, you know. And so I was watching a video of Amy running around at the beach in Hawaii. Well, don't, don't look all too holy on me now, right? I mean, you know, I, what'd you say? I was, I was a creeper. Yeah, by far, I was a video creeper. Any married people in here ever, ever you, you know, the, the person you end up marrying, you, you, you like, hey, uh, ooh, how you doing, right? You know, they caught your attention. I was thinking about Dave and Diane. All the, how, how long have you been married? Almost 61 years. 61 years ago, I'm sure Dave, uh, Diane walked by and Dave was like, oh, hey, how you doing, right? Oh, oh, oh. So we'd all been there. So uh, Amy's sister showed me this video, right, of them running around, and her running around the beach, you know, her bathing suit. And I, I was, hey, I'm, I'm interested. Ah, oh, this is great. And so, uh, you know, so I don't know why Cindy did that. I'm glad she did. But anyway, uh, you know, praise the Lord for that. But uh, so, so when Amy was moving down, you know, I didn't know all the circumstances why Amy's moving down. I just knew that they called, you know, Amy's leaving Pittsburgh and it was kind of all of a sudden and, and she's actually on her way here and she's going to be at her house at about eight o'clock tonight. And, and why don't you just come on over ahead and you just, you just kind of just happen to be here. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll be there. So I remember I got there a little early and I got myself in a good position on the couch, you know, so that I'm looking all tough when she, my 140 pound toughness, right? You know, like if you've seen pictures of our wedding, when we got married, I looked like I was 12. So, uh, you know, a 12 year old 
manliness there on the couch, like, I, you know, what's up? And she was actually not happy that I was there, but she called, right? And so I went over and, and I didn't know anything about her, but I was interested. I was interested, but I really didn't know anything about her. How I many you know, you know, we got married not based on the video I'd seen of her in Hawaii or that little introduction there. We got married because we actually got to know each other on a personal level, right? And so a lot of times we treat our walk with God on a surface level of the things we know about him, the things we see in God's word that we like, that's attractive to us, but we don't know his heart, right? And so I was there because I liked what I saw in the video and I'm excited she's coming up. I didn't know why she left Pittsburgh. I didn't know she had just gotten back in fellowship with the Lord and just realized there was nothing there for her. There wasn't a good church. And so she was going to do this and do it with all of her heart. And so she literally within days packed up her stuff and left. Packed up her stuff and moved. Left, 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 isn't that right? Yeah, just left Pittsburgh. Make sure I got this right. She she had gotten out of a relationship, you know, and and gotten her heart right. And she's just like, I'm getting out of here. Well, when I started to learn some of those things, then suddenly there's more things that are attractive to me. Like, oh, there's there's some stuff that she's not not just something pretty, but but oh, this girl, you know, she's serious about serving God. Well, you know, we started spending time together and and hanging out and doing things together. Well, then a relationship was developed. How I many you know there's a different kind of knowledge? right? It was a different, a different degree of knowledge that, that I had. Something was very service and it might keep me around, but I needed more to keep me in a position of pursuing, right? I never forget, you know, I was in college before I ever knew her. Um, there was, I worked at service merchandise. You know where service merchandise was, you know, up by, by the hospital. And I, and I did all, I did returns there. I remember this one day, this very attractive young lady walked in and, and, and so I was doing the return and, and returning her stuff. Well, she, when she went to speak so far, you know, I'm, I'm interested in what I'm seeing, right? She's very pretty. Then she opened her mouth. I'd like to return something. Whoa, it was a dude. And so I remember I just, I didn't finish her turn. I just turned around and walked away. I was, I probably got a, a bad mark on my, you know, customer service that night, but it completely floored me. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I was a very attractive young woman. Hey, how you doing? I go, ah, right. I knew something. My first knowledge that I had was good, but the knowledge that came after that guy was running, right? Well, with her, the first knowledge I had was great, but as I got to know more, I, that, that attracted me even more. But see, you know, in our walk with God, we, we get satisfied with surface things, the benefits of knowing him. In this area, that area, what the things that he said that are, that, that are written, that are very much a part of who he is and, and very much a part of his will and his opinion, right? But how I many know that's not everything? It's one thing to know about him and to have information and grow in your knowledge of him. It's another thing to get to know him personally, so when he, when he said to grow in, in our knowledge of God, it wasn't facts and figures. We need to grow in our understanding of the scriptures and what belongs to us in Christ and all of these. We need to grow in that. But are we growing in our intimate and personal, deep knowledge of him? The sharing of hearts with him, the, the, the understanding, not just what he says, but what makes him tick. You know, we can understand, so that's, is that possible? Absolutely. You can begin to learn and come acquainted with not just who the Bible says he is and the good things he has to say, but the things that actually stirs his heart and the things that actually, that moves him and motivates him, right? And the things that he, he, he loves and desires and values, we can grow in our knowledge of, and it, it happens by an interaction there. How do you know that outside of that, that interaction, we can't walk fully pleasing of the Lord? We can please them, but not fully pleasing outside of, a, of an interaction of hearts, right? 
So many believers are satisfied with, with a surface knowledge and liking what they see on the page and liking what it does for them, what it provides them, but they don't go beyond that to get past what's provided to who, the, who he really is. I mean, you know, that, that's a daily pursuit we should have. So that's a daily pursuit we should have. Let me ask you this. Since we met last Sunday night, have you grown more in your knowledge, your personal, close and personal knowledge of him since last week? Have you grown in that area? Do you know his heart? Not just his word, which that's good to know his word, right? But have you grown in your knowledge of who he is and in his heart? Have you grown in those areas? Would you say that you're closer to him personally after the, this last week? Well, if not... We have to be honest, we've not walked fully pleasing of the Lord. We've not grown in the knowledge, that intimate and deep knowledge of him. We've not been growing in that area. But it's easy to be satisfied with something else because it's so good, it's just not what it could be, right? It's not just what it could be. There is more that we can have. There's more that you can have. And, it's, and, and there's two sides of it. You know, there, there's... there's um, from a personal side, you know, there, there should be a hunger to grow in these things on our part. There should be a hunger to grow in our knowledge of God, our interaction with him. The longer we're born again, we shouldn't get less interested. Do you realize that happens a lot? The longer people are around, they get less interested. We've been married for 22 years. We know each other far more better than we did 22 years ago. But there is a possibility if we're not careful to get satisfied with what we've learned and not continuing to grow in our knowledge of each other, right? And if you're not careful with your walk with God, you can get satisfied with an experience you had and not still be pursuing a new experience because he's got something to offer every single day. Not just the written word on page, which it's good, but an interaction, a fellowship, a heart-to-heart -heart connection with the God of the universe. Listen, he's spoken into existence and it's still blazing out right now. It's expanding at the speed of light in every direction. That's who we get to have an experience with every day. Do you think he has something more to offer you than you knew last week? Do you think he might have something else to provide? Some little glimpse of his heart, of, of an insight and knowledge of what makes him tick and who he really is. Do you think there's more to latch a hold of? The answer is yes. If we're not hungry for that, it tells me that we've not had it in a while. If we're not hungry for more of his touch and more of that heart-to-heart -heart connection, that tells me that no matter how much of this we do, that we've not been experiencing that here lately. Right? I know there's a lot of believers that live life okay with what they know or okay with information. Right? A lot of people live like that. Okay with information. Let's not be okay with information. Let's, let's continue to pursue after the one who gave the information. The source of all information. Knowing him personally. See, the cool thing is, you know, our limited brains uh, uh, and, and, and grip of this We'll never completely understand this while we're here. We'll never, we'll never understand it. It says, what's written in this page, these pages are far, there's way too much stuff. The uh, think that we know everything is just, I know it's maybe not a good word in your house, but that's just straight up dumb. 
Oh, I know everything. That's just, that's just foolish. You can never know everything's contained in here and really what it means. You can't possibly know it. Can't possibly know it. Just not even possible. But you know, the cool thing is when we're pursuing him personally, we don't have to know everything because our relationship with him, our intimate communication we're having with him, when we need to know something that we don't already know, when something we've heard for, he'll bring it to our attention. He'll bring it up for us. But in areas where we've not seen the light before, or we think we've seen it and we need to see something a little different, we need to know what the other side of Stone Mountain looks like. We're in a situation where we need navigation down the backside of Stone Mountain. We don't need to know what's on the car side. We need to know how to get down through the woods, right? And our life depends, uh, is depending upon, we need to know how to get down this thing. When you're in intimate contact with him, he already knows what that is, so he can reveal it to you, no big deal. There's no problem, there's no issue, and you're not having to hunt, to tap in, to, to hear his voice, because you're in a place of always hearing his voice. Do you know you can't hear his voice? You can recognize the promptings of our Father, you can recognize the promptings of the Spirit, you can get so good at it that when something comes, it is almost like second nature, you just know on the inside what you need to do. And we can, we can develop that in other areas, to, in various areas of our life. In one area, be very receptive and very, very open to hearing and, and responding to the heart of God in one area and yet not respond to, responsive in another area. It's possible to live like that. Well, let's not, let's not be satisfied with that. We all have growth. We all have work. We all have uh, 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 room to, to expand in our intimate knowledge of God. We all have room to grow in this. None of us have arrived, myself included. Nobody has. We got to keep pushing. We got to keep moving forward. We can never get satisfied with where we are. Continue to grow in a deep and intimate knowledge of God. Jeremiah, we'll stop here in just a second. Jeremiah 29, or yeah, 29. Y'all doing all right? Jeremiah 29. I just want to encourage you tonight. Keep chasing after him. Jeremiah 29. Scriptures that are, are very well, well known and, 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 and we know these scriptures as well. But it says in the 11th verse, it says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. One translation says to give you the future that you hoped for. Praise God. That's awesome. So then you will call on me and go and pray and I will listen to you. Aren't you glad that we go to him, he listens? Aren't you glad to know he listens? Yeah, I'm, I'm super glad to know he listens. Verse 13, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. You know, knowing him personally and intimately is not something that's reserved for a few people. I've said this before, there are no uh, spiritual superstars in the kingdom of God. We don't have, there are no celebrities in the kingdom of God. There's one superstar, that's Jesus, right? And the rest of us are sons and daughters. I mean, we're, we're brethren to call together with him, right? But there's no celebrities in the kingdom of God. Your access to him is no different than my access to him. Or anybody, or, or Paul, the apostle Paul's access is no different than any, we all have the same access, well, how can people find him and some people don't? It's right here in these scriptures. So I know the thoughts that I think towards you uh, of peace, of good, of good and, and, and not of evil to give you future and hope. Then you'll go and call on me and, and, and pray. Who are you going to? Who are you asking? Listen, don't come to me to know God more. Go to the source. 
Now, my job is to help uh, uh, guide you and point you in a direction. That's our job as ministers, but it's not to be your connection for you. Are you out there? Our job is not to be your connection to the Father for you. That's not, I'm not called, I'm not good enough to do that. No minister is good enough to be your source. It's an avenue through which he'll reveal things to you, but it's not your connection to the Father. Yes, we need to, to honor and respect the gifts that are in the, in the gifts that God places in the church. We need to do that because the minute we stop doing it, we're not open to the help that's, that's provided through that gift. So we got to watch ourselves, but we can't also elevate that gift to the place where that's our goal. You have your own connection with the Lord. It says, you'll call on me and go and pray to me. He said, I'll listen to you. You'll seek me Notice he's talking about the thoughts he has for us, but notice the heart here. The heart here wasn't to go and seek about the thoughts towards him. The, the, what he said here is go and seek me. Go and seek me. He said, listen, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. They're awesome for good and not of evil to give you the future that you hope for. Come and talk to me about it. Seek me. Pray to me. Seek me. Don't seek those things. Seek me. See, everything it revolves, evolves and grows out of this personal relationship. Uh, um, the new living of, of that last verse, verse 13, says, if you will look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. If you look for me wholeheartedly. What does it mean to be wholehearted? It means with everything you've got. The, uh, the, your, that is your, your sole desire. We have a lot of things in life that we are needing and desiring, right? But there still can be an, an, over, uh, uh, an overwhelming purpose and all of those pursuits are a pursuit to know him. We need, we need health for our bodies. We need to walk in health, right? We need finances, but it should always be under the covering of knowing him more, right? It's not wrong to want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. Amen. I've got things we're believing God for in the area of finances. Well, you should be believing, you should be stretching yourself, but the, uh, the, the, the base desire, those desires ought to, ought to be born out of a hunger to know him and to walk with him more closely. To look more like Jesus, to know him better, to be at a better representative. What is it? Your heart is for him. He said, listen, if you will look for me, if you'll come, if you'll look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. He is not hiding. If you think, well, this is too hard. God is hiding. I've heard this my whole life. I've never, I've never experienced any kind of personal connection. It's just too difficult. It is not too difficult. He is not hiding from you. If he was hiding, none of us would find him. Right? If he were hiding, not a single one of us could find him. He could park himself somewhere on the backside of galaxy, whatever, way away from, and we would never find him. He's not hiding. He's not hiding. He sent Jesus to reveal the Father. Oh. I mean, he's done everything he can, right? Except for make a decision for us to want to know him. He said, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. Like I said, you can ask, what did that minister say? There is forgiveness, but there are no excuses. There is forgiveness, but there are no excuses. The message Bible of that, of that verse, verse 13 says, when you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. When you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else. Well, how do you know if you want it more, by anything, more than anything else? Well, look at what you're doing, right? Look at where your time's going. 
Well, that means that must mean I have to give him that all of my time has to be pursuing. No, doesn't mean that he knows we have lives to leave, but your heart behind things is to know him. And you're actually making real, giving real opportunities to finding him. Not a five minute here and there in the car ride. But thanks God for, thank God for five minutes here and there in the car ride. That can be powerful, can be awesome. But if that's, if that's all you give to knowing him because it's convenient, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, you're not gonna really find him. I like to say it like this. Have you, I know we gotta stop. Have you ever lost your wallet somewhere? Right? I lost my wallet this week. I'd put it in this place in the house that was a little different than normal, but it made sense. I'll put it here and I know exactly where it was. And then five minutes later, where did I put it? That makes no sense, right? You ever been there before? And I lost my wallet. We were trying to go somewhere. I can't find my wallet. I'm, I, what am I doing? I'm tearing the house apart. Looking in places that there's no way it would be there because that doesn't even make any sense. But I got to find this thing. I'm going to look in those places right now. Guess what? It was in one of those places that made no sense. Why did I put it there? Who knows why I put it there? At the moment, it seemed right, but that's where it was. But it came this, I, I, the only reason I found it is because I got to the point where I got to find it. I have to find this right now. I can't find it later. I have to find it right now. You lose your cell phone, you're going to go find that thing. Some people look for their cell phone harder than their wallet. <laughs> Studies show that cell phones are very addictive, actually, if you didn't know that. People are like, Every 30 seconds, what's my phone say? Put the thing down. But anyway, <laughs> you, when you're serious about finding him, you do it with all of your heart and you want it more than anything else, you'll find him. That's when we begin to grow in the knowledge of God. That's when you get to a place where you're hearing from him and he's talking to you about this or that. And, and that, I'm not saying an audible voice necessarily, uh, uh, but he's in a place where there's just open communication and you just, you're so used to hearing from him, you just say, Lord, Blah, 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 whatever. And he just responds to you. He's good like that. And he's available to you. And he wants that. That's what will fully please him. He wants to know his kids. He wants to know us close and personal. He wants, he wants to be involved. Well, praise God. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.